You're listening to Only Here for the Wi-Fi. Good afternoon. Episode 104 with Danny Michael. We're going to be talking to another podcaster this week, uh, a a whole entire week featuring a, a bunch of podcasters from all over the globe. Okay, we've got, uh, we started out with Billy Thorpe. Thorpe, shout out to Thorpe Creative. We had uh, Hikmat Wahbi the other day, and now we're, we're closing things off with someone from the Hakawati Network. Hakawati? Hakawati? I love the way she says that, by the way. Hakawati. But uh, yeah, man, uh, Nadia Michael, man, no stranger to some serious business, you know, no stranger to some serious men of all the people, huh? Kind of interesting, right? Woman interviewing a bunch of men who do uh, serious things. And um, yeah, man, so strap yourselves in. I'm going to pin this comment real quick. I hope that everything is coming out nice, loud, and clear. All right. So, yeah, guys, uh, you know the deal. This is how we do things here on Only Here for the Wi-Fi. It is an interactive podcast, okay? We're doing this on social media for a reason, and, and, uh, and the truth is we want your participation, okay? We want you to be part of the conversation that we're going to be having with Nadia. And uh, by all means, hit us up in the comments, but also utilize this feature that is the question bubble. It, it is a Q&A uh, part of the podcast. And, um, you know, get your voice heard, get your questions answered. And, uh, yeah, enjoy yourselves, guys. I'm just going to see where Nadia is. Mm-hmm. Just waiting her for... So, yeah, man, how's everybody doing? You guys got any cool plans for this weekend? It's almost Mother's Day, American Mother's Day. Shout out to all the, uh, the, the, the people having Easter, you know? Yeah. What up, Nadia? Come on now. There she is. Perfect. All right. Perfect timing. I'm going to invite her up. Boom. Hey, hey, good hey. evening, Nadia. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm just just doing swell. Thank you for coming on to the show. Probably your first ever Gramcast. Yes, it is. I noticed that you did change the name from podcast to Gramcast, and that was a good thing because I was getting worried that you didn't know the difference <laughs> yeah no uh you know that is definitely something that uh you know has evolved although i mean there are elements of it that is technically a podcast but at the same time because it is existing via instagram uh as a primary place it makes sense to call it a gramcast definitely i like the idea it's great yeah so uh, let's it's also my first my first live by the way so oh this is your first live 
Yes. Wow. Well, hey, man, you know, uh, way to, you know, pop that cherry and to just kind of like delve into the world of tech, into the world of, uh, you know, connecting with your audience and and um, and building a sense of community. I don't do it is not that um, sorry your connection is a bit slow it's not that I, I don't uh, delve into that but uh, it's more about the fact that I feel like there's so much amazing content out there um, you can watch you know amazing documentaries on Netflix you have great podcasts um, amazing people who have so much experience and knowledge talking about incredible things so I just want to make sure that if I'm going to be putting content out there that it's relevant and interesting. So that's the main reason I haven't done it. Mm. Well, I mean, real quick though, and I do want to get into that because yeah, you've definitely interviewed some, some really cool people, you boy included, but did you, you're, are you saying that, uh, my connection is not coming out clear? Is it, is it no, choppy? No, it's perfect now. It's perfect now. Okay. Okay, great. Because yeah, 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 yeah. Look, connectivity is an issue. You know, it's something that we face and something that you certainly don't have an issue with, of course, because, um, you know, as of yet, as of yet, just audio, no, no video element to, to, uh, the men's room. Right. And there's a few reasons for that. Uh, one of them is that Hakawati, the, the content uh, platform that I produce the podcast with, um, they're really focused on producing quality audio content. Um, and it, there's really actually a separate audience for visual content and audio audience. Like, obviously, I think a lot of people do prefer to look at images while they're listening to stuff. They like to see the faces of the people, me included. Sometimes I listen to Joe Rogan and I like listening to, I mean, watching the video, right? But at the end of the day, it is a different audience. And um, eventually we'll probably bring in video. Yeah. So let's let's rewind a little bit. Okay, let's do that cool thing that that cool DJ effect. Hold on. How did you first get into podcasting and meet the people behind Hakawati? Oh, well, um, so they're actually friends of mine. One of one of the founders um, was someone I worked with when I was managing editor at a magazine. She was the art director. And her husband and his friend decided to start this podcast company, um, what is it, about a year and a half ago, um, which was really exciting. And we were sitting in the office working on the magazine. And um, basically, one day, we were just joking around and, uh, and saying, like, oh, yeah, I'll do a podcast. It was one of their po first podcasts, actually. I think it was mine and uh, Dr. Sandrine Hakisex. Yeah. So I just jumped in. It was really, like, spur-of-the-moment decision. And the whole concept was spur-of-the-moment. And we just kept rolling with it. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you, you're, uh, you know, uh, quite a few episodes deep. Has the pandemic uh, interrupted you? Are you still producing podcasts or have, is that kind of taken a bit of a knee for some time? Listen, we're in Beirut, so nothing can stop us. Um, that being said, there were a few weeks uh, during the pandemic when we had a lockdown where usually I recorded the studio and I was recording at home and I'm not equipped like you. I don't have all the gear. Um, so that was a little bit of a, you know, <laughs> stick in our wheels yeah. but um 
we face all kinds of stuff. There are times when I'm in the studio and the power goes out like 10 minutes before we're supposed to record and the generator doesn't come on and we sit there kind of sweating and praying that it's gonna come back. Mm. And we're always like at the mercy. And, and somehow we've been so lucky. It's almost miraculous how many times I can tell you like that we're about to cancel all the recordings and suddenly the lights come on. <laughs> it's like you become grateful for these stupid things. You're in Canada now and it's like, what do you mean the light? It must be the light bulb. Never could you imagine that not only the electricity is not working, but the guy operating the generator is so fed up like with the prices and stuff that he's going on strike maybe. Yeah, or yeah. maybe out having coffee like it's just ridiculous you wouldn't believe it nadia but the power actually cut here no <laughs> the power cut it was well i don't know there was bad weather or some something but i was like i can't believe the curse of lebanon is following me even in canada but uh, i just want a real quick shout out to some of the people in the audience who are watching we got wake island in the house they just released a track yesterday by all means you should be interviewing them they're too cool hey super cool dudes from montreal slash slash lebanon wake island uh you guys need you need to get in touch we'll check them out yeah yeah so um okay so you know you you've um you know like us all we had a little blip of uh concern with the pandemic but you're you're going on strong so like um Given everything that's happening now with the world and stuff like that, has that impacted at all who you have as a guest? Are you like, you know, having more COVID specialists or like, how, how are you choosing your guests these days? Well, um, it hasn't really affected the way I choose them. I did do one episode with uh, one of the consultants to the government here on how to handle it uh, from a national level. But it doesn't really affect it because I, I, I feel like it's a temporary situation. And my podcast it has more of a kind of a global perspective and a longer term perspective. So although I do cover like things that are current, I, we always discuss them in, in a more uh, in a broader ideological context so that they're kind of timeless. And so I don't I don't like and so many people are covering COVID, so many covering the news. They don't need another person coming in and being like, oh, yes, you know, there's this information and that information. That information is available everywhere. And I really don't view that as my role. Um, so, yeah. yes, I would say that that's that's how I approach it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you've had a, a, a pretty pretty eclectic group of people, whether it's like, uh, Carl from Mushroom Gad Sad, uh, somewhat of a polarizing figure, somewhat of a controversial fella in these days. Um, you know, who, like, what would you say if you wanted to, if someone were new to your podcast, which episode would you be like, yo, you should probably, Hey, maybe listen to this one first. Did you, did you just say if someone was nude? On my podcast? Yeah. If someone was nude on your podcast and they were completely who, naked. Who could it be? Who should right. it be? <laughs> um, I'll answer that one after. Uh, which one would should they listen to? Yeah. Well, obviously yours. No. But other than that. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> obviously the one with uh, Gad Sad is super interesting because he's such a polarizing uh, character. Mm. 
And so anyone who listens to him will either love him and be like, you're so right, you know, political correctness is going way too far. You know, this whole like, you know, uh, affirmative action is out of control. Um, so people will love him or hate him and be like, he's so sexist. He's like, you know, um, so, so, so he's a great one to listen to. But um, it's hard to pick just one. I hate picking favorites. I know. I I'm there with you. But at the same time, you know, like it's like that elevator pitch, right? Where they're like, you know, you got to win people over somehow. Or I, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I, how would you say your life has changed, you know, since getting into podcasting? Well, um, you know, I went into journalism because I love learning about new things. When I, when I got my first job at a TV station in Montreal, um, it was like a, an internship kind of thing. And I remember one of the first days we went to a garbage dump where they were putting all the garbage. And I was wearing my high heels and I was all dressed up. And I was like, this is so exciting. Who knew this is where all the garbage goes? So just to tell you that I'm so interested in so many things. So the podcast really has like allowed me to continue doing that and to do it on my own terms. Because whenever I've worked for other publications or media you have to follow you know the 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 brand the brand's vision and you know I've worked in luxury lifestyle for example which is really cool but it's nice to be able to delve into things that interest you mm. um yeah so how's my life changed no not really much uh, except that I go to the studio every week and I hang right. out with cool people well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like you said, someone who's worked in in like, you know, with watches and stuff, maybe there are certain brands and or people approaching you being like, hey, we love your show and we want you to talk about, you know, I don't know, Manscaped or like the usual suspects. I don't know if you've seen other podcasts. Is that the usual suspects? Those are the usual suspects. There's like Bluetooth, Manscaped, you know, something to do with, um, you know, better help. You know, a lot of these are a lot of the North American. Let's be honest. Uh, these are a lot of the North American sponsors that uh, that exist. And I'm just wondering, like, um, you know, of course, that's all up to Hakawati and, you know, yeah, exactly. you, you got to kind of keep it clean, though. Right. You can't be too, too, too crazy. Yeah. Um, I'd like to be more crazy, but I'm always afraid that my part of the world, like if I use the F word or things like this, they'll find it unappealing and, and kind of in poor taste, even though even though I think it's become so ubiquitous. Um, and then when it comes to advertising, I have to say that the Middle East is still way far behind like Canada and the US in terms of advertisers. I'm really excited to see them getting on board because I mean, everyone is doing podcasts, listening to podcasts. Um, I think COVID did slow down the process of of uh, the corporate world here and businesses here kind of adopting that as part of their marketing model. But I think it's happening. Um, I know at Hakawati, we're you know they're one of the the forerunners, the trailblazers in in the production of podcasts and also in uh, bringing on board advertisers who are dipping their toes in this media. Yeah. This media. So it's really exciting to see and to be a part of it also comes with challenges so like i mean have you taken a uh, part in many other podcasts other than you're like you know you're the host but like at the same time you know in order to spread the good word of the podcast there's always you know strategy or or whatever like how would no, you no no so this is like your first ever podcast away from home no isn't my first ever maybe 
Yeah. Uh, okay. You know what that calls for? It calls for one of these. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. I feel, I feel so like uh, special now. You definitely should. You're all, Hey, look, I mean, look, the world is your oyster. Your, mm-hmm, yeah. Live. Uh, the world is your oyster and you can literally say whatever you want. Cause, cause freedom. Uh, yep. but at the same time I get it, you know, I'll try to be respectable and not get you in trouble. Shout out Kareem. Uh, I got you boy. I got you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, but like, I don't mind. I don't mind, Alan. You say that. I like, I like to live on the edge, you know? You do? What would you yeah. say the wildest thing you've done in your life so far? Oh, no, 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 no. What do you mean? No, no, no. We just literally just cleared it. What's the wildest thing? Oh, my God. Hang gliding? Para- paragliding? I, I'm going to say one thing before I answer that. I think that what I think is really wild is not it is like people probably think, oh, that's so boring. Um, I, I, and also my mother's listening, so I have to be careful of the stories I tell. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Seems like a bit of a cop out, but yeah. I mean, okay. The wildest thing, paragliding. Oh, well, I've done some cool, like, action stuff. Like, I, uh, I, I went ziplining in Montreal in Tremblant. They have, like, crazy, like, um, circuits and and there's like one zipline that's like a kilometer long so you're like hanging in the air for like a kilometer it's pretty crazy <laughs> does that it get fun. does it get kind of like all right i get it one minute yeah. you know like 30 seconds 40 no. seconds in you're like okay Imagine you're i mean above like a huge forest on a mountain it's like no it goes by so quickly because you're just looking around in amazement like because you've never seen things from that perspective before right i mean right. to be that close to the trees right above them it's not like you're up in the sky Do you so, get bored going in a plane looking out the window so bit of a bit of an adrenaline junkie huh um i would say yeah yeah like okay so for example in like are you someone who likes to play it safe in the car or are you someone who like you know slams the gas to like 60 kilometers or like, you know, you really slam the gas to the speed limit, you know? Uh, the, the speed, what? The speed limit. <laughs> what is that? What no, is that? Okay. I get you. Okay. Yeah. We get you now. Uh, Nadia, yeah. we see how it is. That's you cool. I, I live in Lebanon. So, uh, so one thing that's really great about living here is that um when i came here you know everyone was like it's the driving is crazy people i mean if you've never been here before you don't understand the level of of craziness like people don't stop at red lights there there's always people coming at you in a one-way street from the opposite direction you know yeah uh, nobody stays in their lane everyone goes too quickly like it's just a wild ride so i fit right into that when i came here um, because I drive like that anyways. So I really think that there's like some Lebanese in me, although I know that's not true because I've done the 23 and me. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you every time that I come back home to Canada, it's a challenge to be right? like reorientated, like to be reoriented, to drive like a normal human being, you know? And yeah. it's like, I don't know, man. Sometimes I, I space out and I'm just, it's so boring, isn't it? Boring? The highway is just flat, right? It's just flat and yeah. you're just driving and then all of a sudden, you know, and everyone's like doing, playing by the rules. There's no excitement. There's nobody cutting you off here. Yeah, I hear you. I know what you mean. Fall asleep at the wheel. Yes. 
you know? I wanted to play that song. Wait. What song is that? Living on the Edge. Anyway, we're living on the edge. Um, so yeah, man, you, you're someone you, you did. You had an early career in journalism and as an arts critic in Cleveland. Oh my God, you've been digging deep into my past. Yeah. Yes. So, so what's that like? What's the art? Hey, what's the art scene in Cleveland like? It's actually not bad for for considering how boring this. Sorry, Cleveland. This hey. is, there's no one from Cleveland here for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> It's actually not bad. I actually met Sylvester Stallone's, I want to say, son or daughter that was doing an exhibit there. Like I met some interesting, some interesting people. Um, they have a pretty good art scene. It's a, it's like you know when you watch those weird American like sitcoms and weird towns. Like Cleveland is kind of like that, but then they do have a bit of an art scene, mm. and it's very exciting that what to, to be part of it because you feel like. It's special, <laughs> you know. There's not so much going on, right? Well, I mean, this is something that I used to have an argument with one of my roommates who was also like a music critic, you know. And he would always say that, like, um, you know, there's a fine line between being a critic and being an advertiser. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. w- were you were you a harsh critic? Like, what kind of what kind of style of a critic were you? It's a good question because that's uh, something you face as a writer for any publication, whether you're a critic or just an editorial writer. Because when you're writing, let's say, a, an article about a designer, you know, you have to sound like you're not, you know, just showering them with praise, but also you never want to offend anybody. So it's always a fine line. And can you be honest? Well, for sure, when you're working with a publication uh, that you're representing, you don't want to make the publication look bad either. Mm. Um, and yeah, you're right. I think I can recall going to small exhibits where, you know, you walk in and there's like... Bullshit. You know, yeah, like people <laughs> drawings on, on the wall that look like a five-year-old did them. Right. And you have to come up with some kind of creative, positive twist on it. Do you though? Because um, I mean, I mean, or or would you like, for example, oh man, it would be so liberating to come up with like an alter, like an alias or something. And just be yeah. like that, and that way it's not connected to you and whatever, and you can just slam, you know, and just be like five yeah, year old. I think that's possible with like online, like if you have a blog, also, you know, like you could keep yourself anonymous and you could totally do that. You could be like the real art critic, right? That's not a bad idea, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, hindsight 2020, you know what I mean? But I mean, yeah. I, I don't know, there's like a, a weird thing, I get it, right? You don't want to celebrate everything, but it's also. You know, it's also problematic because the people end up kind of like, you know, hating you. So, you know, that, that I'm interested to know how you objectively say the truth the without ruining relationships. Yeah. I'm still trying to learn how to do that. No. <laughs> In real life. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Horse 68, Lover 8, Horse Lover. You are a champion. And you know what? This is not about the numbers, dude. Okay. This, I don't want you to get all twisted, bruh. Let me clarify something. Okay. It's about making quality content for people to consume now, later, whenever. It doesn't really matter. Natty is one of the coolest people on the planet. She's interviewed some of the coolest people on the planet. And I'd just like to kindly say, hey, maybe go fuck yourself, guy. 
Okay. Oh, wow. See, there you go. That's being honest. Exactly. I, but do you anyway. Think that, do, you, do you think like that, like, I, I, I don't know, maybe my ideas are different, but like if I was a woman talking like that, like they can go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would change my future. <laughs> like I Probably for that. the better, right? Probably for the better because you know what? The, like, I think we need. To, do we need to abolish the Stepford wife? Uh, the like the per the perfect the Pleasantville like hello Salafik, thank you yeah. to coming yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. You know. Well, but uh, but I'm not a Stepford Stepford wife type. But you know, when I'm speaking publicly, I I'm a little bit more careful than I would be like if I was speaking to my friends. Yeah. I mean, I'm a potty mouth with my friends, and here I am being very polite exactly i mean look uh, i definitely uh you know finesse my way into to to getting on this show but i mean like it's it's gonna be awesome so speaking of what how would you describe a typical shoot or a typical podcast day for you like how like Uh, run it back run it back Mm mm-hmm so I usually start researching my guests quite a bit far ahead um, to get to kind of really understand, you know, who they are and kind of start shaping, like, what do I want to know about this person? What are the things that I want to talk about with them? Um, and then uh, the day of the podcast, if I haven't prepared all my questions, usually I prepare them at least a day ahead and then I review them the day of, then I'll... I'll uh, don't ask me about my days. My days are so out of control these days. I don't know if everyone is feeling the same way, you know, like, um, you know how all these uh, motivating people are like, if you don't make six figures, you need to be up by 6 a.m. You can't sleep in like past 6 a.m. Like I've been trying to force myself to wake up early. And I don't know if it's like the pandemic or what. I mean, I've been waking up at like 9 a.m., rolling out of bed like an hour later. Happening to you? Is it just me? What's wrong with me? Actually, I'm I'm finding so, the opposite. It's like I, uh, yeah, I'm getting up early. Well, I mean, it's half half, right? Um, I am getting up earlier, uh, because why not? I'm getting more hours out of the day here in Canada. I don't know. Maybe it's like farm life around here. People start their day early, yeah, and yeah. also time zones, right? So like, um, the later I start the day the the less i get to be in in touch with my my friends and family uh in lebanon right because seven hours time difference but um yeah i mean listen uh i wanted to have you on the show today to talk about your experiences with podcasting where things are going inspirational things because i mean i'm hoping that more people do what we're doing you know and um you maybe have some tips that would encourage that would help guide um, because that's kind of what the theme of this week has been, right? I've, I've had uh, the, the first episode of this week was with a fellow named Billy Thorpe, who, by the way, you should totally check out if you haven't, because he's got some really great insight on how to do, you know, um, this type of stuff here uh, for kind of cheap, actually. It's it's become quite, quite easy. Um, yeah. You know, let's say, for example, utilizing social media. Like, I don't know what you, what works for you, you know? Are you an Instagram 
or a TikTok person? Are you a Reddit person or like a web blogger uh, email shot, email shot type type person? Do you get me? Like there are different ways of doing things. So I'm interested to yeah. know what your formula is. If I had is. it all figured out, I think we'd have higher numbers right now listening. <laughs> so that's A, number one. Uh, number two, um, I, I'm, I'm really not... A lover of social media I'm, I feel like my life is so full and busy that social media ends up taking so much of my time uh, that being said I feel like I need to embrace it and, and people need to embrace it um, if, if their their creative work or whatever they're doing will benefit in some way like you have to, it's a tool you know as much as you might hate it it's also a fantastic tool that everyone has access to you know mm-hmm. uh, and that you can do anything with um, I think that the platform really depends on who your audience is and where in the world you are. So, for example, uh, here in the Middle East or in, in Lebanon, Dubai and all this, this part of the world, Twitter is not so big. Saudi Arabia, kind of, they, they use Twitter, but um, it's more of a visual Instagram. like so. And TikTok, to be honest, I actually interviewed the regional manager of TikTok um, and I think I know it's much easier to build an audience. I would recommend to use TikTok, although I haven't uh, really embraced it myself. But that being said, I'm actually at a turning point right now um, where I'm trying to create a better strategy for my social media because I think it's really important. Um, it's just hard to do everything on your own, you know. I, I do writing, I do you know the podcast, and maybe I approach it differently. I don't know. It seems like you did a lot of research, but it uh-huh. takes me a long time to put it together. Pardon me. It takes me quite a while to put each podcast together. So yeah, well, I mean, you know. for sure. And I mean, uh, listen. Uh, let's say you do an excellent job of condensing and kind of having very little fat, or 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 you know, it's it's really condensed and put together. It's a it's a, a, com- a yeah. comprehensive piece that's like action packed uh, throughout. Whereas, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and I mean that's cool. I mean. You remember when we first podcasted together, right? Like it was probably longer and more open than, than typical conversations. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I guess I got so used to long format uh, interviews where things just kind of let go and you kind of get to know um, a bit more about both people, the host and, and your guest, you know, um, one of the things that go go ahead. No, you go ahead. One of the things that I'm actually trying to uh, battle or, or figure out because, you know, your boy's been doing a couple of podcasts now. I'm at 104 episodes. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. But it's a matter of positioning things where it's like a mix of people coming to the podcast for me as a personality and not depending entirely on the guests and or people that I have that are bringing that influx of traffic, right? Like, I mean, and, and so finding like a comfortable medium between the two, uh, is something that I'm, I'm definitely going to play around with because I don't know about you. I'm terrified of doing like in a podcast entirely solo. Yeah, I actually haven't ever tried that. I would imagine that you listen to the portal with Eric Weinstein. Uh, really good. I know of, I've seen him on other podcasts, but not tapped into his, uh, his particular show. So 
he does sometimes episodes where it's only him and he reads essays that he's written. So I like that because like as we started the conversation, I feel like there's so much content out there that there are very few conversations I feel that I need to be listening to that are not condensed or specific or well thought out or edited because I feel like if there's going to be a lot of fat and fluff, that's a waste of my time. You know what I mean? On the other hand, it's nice to go with the flow and to feel like you're part of the conversation. So I'm torn. I feel like certain podcasts that I listen to, like, for example, Joe Rogan, I just love his show. I think he's a great host. They go in it's so deep into their conversations about everything. And, and um, he also has a perspective that I think is, is uh, cool. Absolutely. Yeah, kind yeah. of repetitive, though. Kind of, kind of the yeah. same narratives happening over yeah. and over and over again, yeah. but that's great. And we got Edham in the in the building talking about Tim Dillon's show, uh, who's a comedian. But again, okay. see, with Tim Dillon, he still has his other like co-producer or whatever on the show, so he's having a conversation with another person in the room. You know, it's not yeah. it's not entirely. Are you a fan of comedy podcasts or mostly just strictly business? Oh yes, I love comedy podcasts. I love comedy, period. But yeah, I listen to uh, uh, The Dollop. Mm. Have you heard that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, great, great stuff. This this is like I'll be driving and like laughing out loud by myself. <laughs> I'm I'm really into like uh, Your Mom's House, The Tim Dillon Show, uh, Tiger Belly, um, Bad right. Friends. A lot of a lot of a lot of the same like all things comedy. Bill Burr, for example, someone. Oh, Bill Burr, yeah. Right. So. Nadia, we're at the halfway mark of the podcast. I'm trying to keep things action-packed throughout the whole thing. We're going to open okay. this up to the people who are here, and I'm going to ask you a bunch of silly shit questions. Okay, okay. but but here we go. We're going to... Here we go. Ready? We got one thing. Uh, oh, okay. So we've got a question to you. Have you listened to the newest Shebjdeed song? No, I haven't. Who the heck is Shebjdeed? Aha. See, now... That actually is interesting. Most of your podcasts have been in English, right? Because both, I think both you and I have not the greatest Arabic, right? Nam. 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 Yeah. I used <laughs> back in the day. Oh, man. If, if only we spoke Arabic, I think that things would be totally different. Shebish Deed is an amazing uh, Palestinian rapper who is like um, just blowing up. And, and low key, I don't really understand. Uh, I've listened to Shebjdeed. I love his music. I don't really understand all of the lyrical content because it's already kind of like rappy and whatever, but the music, Al Nasser or Al Nasser, uh, super great producer. Um, you should check it out. It's, it's, can you, can you pull it up now? So, we yeah, yeah. What, what, what you want to hear? You want to hear the newest stuff? Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Well, the guy asked, who, who, who just asked that question? Shebjdeed. It's uh, Adham, I believe. Oh, Adham. Uh, Shebjdeed. Adham was asking about the latest song. So, let's check it out. Let's I, check I, it I, out. I'll try to be an honest critic. Yeah, I think there was, um, well, hold on a now. Hold on a second. I don't know if I can get the, the latest, latest one. What's the name of the track, dude? We'll see. But I'll give you something else until then, okay? Which yeah, is like okay. uh, this track, okay? I'm going to pitch it up a little bit so we don't get canceled because that's a and that's an issue, okay? Here we go. 
نكت قلق يا خي قلب معدي وانا مثك بعد غير بربعي ومن هاب الموت لو جاني المطران يحط عيني بعني ننزل right that sounds like a lot of auto-tune. There is. It is a lot, but it's a style. And he, he does a mix of both. I used yeah. to be weirded out by it initially, but then it's like, oh, shit. Okay, he uses it quite tastefully. Mm. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, wh what are you listening to these days, Nadia? What what kind of music are you listening to? Well, I'm glad you asked. I've actually been, uh, I love music. That's why I'm glad you asked. I listen to tons of everything. I mean, I love hip hop. I love uh, words that I don't understand. That's okay with me. Uh, but I've been rediscovering like old stuff lately. Like uh, started re-listening to Portishead. Remember Portishead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. Trip hop. Kind of sad yeah. though, huh? Sad. She's I sad. Is she? Isn't she? She's all like. Nobody loves. Right, like. Yeah. I guess that's true, but I think that suits the mood right now, especially in Lebanon. It's so heavy and people are sad. How do you so, feel about the new Greta Van Fleet? I don't know who that is either. Okay. So they're like, someone mentioned Led Zeppelin in the house. And uh, yeah. they're basically like a young Gen Z version of Led Zeppelin. Oh, okay. I, I don't know them. I, I would love to check it out. Yeah, well, ch 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 check it out. Hold on, let's see. We'll do another thing here. We'll just do a quick dive. Come on, computer. Let's see here. Greta. Greta. Oh, you know? Yeah. Van. Okay, I'm just going to pull up whatever the, f the first song that comes to mind. Uh, according to Spotify, again, pitch it up so we don't get pulled off because the internet is a son of a gun. Here we is go. That your, is that your secret? You pitch it up? Yeah, you pitch it up, right? So if it sounds like the Alvin and the Chipmunks, you know, th you can't tell because there's no words just yet. But uh, if you pitch it up, then then yeah, they don't cancel you. But hold on. Here's a, here's a song. It's called Highway Tune. Uh, probably Europe or America. In any case, the guy, the, the, the band that are totally fine with, uh, ripping off, um, you know, Led Zeppelin. And it's like every, every article ever about this particular group of dudes, uh, they're like Led Zeppelin knockoff, but Hey, we're okay with that because they make really, well, I think it's hard for any band these days not to be a knockoff because so much has been done. So there's no music that's going to be created that's a genre that we've already heard that's not going to be inspired by things that have existed before, right? Oh, yeah. But this is brazen. Okay. This is yeah. brazenly okay. like, come on, guys. What up, Tulu? Oh, my God. Tulu Pauline in the house. Wow, man, I haven't seen you in a, in a minute. Thank you for tuning into the podcast uh, here with Nadia. All right, so we're going to get into so, some questions about you, less about music and, and all that stuff. Okay, um, first and foremost, what's your favorite type of mena'ish? Oh, I said earlier I don't have favorites, but I do have a favorite one of those. So there's this place around the corner from my house, um, Snack Faisal. Shout out to Faisal. Yeah. Uh, he makes a, a dough. And, you know, Manaish is usually a white dough. And I like to eat really healthy. So they have a dough that's made from oats. 
it's called Jrish. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I love Zatar. Like I consume, Alan, I'm not kidding you. Like my cells are probably trans, like having something in common with the cell of a Zatar right now. I eat so much of it every day. But I, I love it, um, uh, and then uh, with vegetables, they put like uh, olives, tomatoes, mint. Um, and some hot pepper and they have this amazing hot pepper sauce and then you roll it up like a sandwich that to me is like comfort food like I'm king of everything right <laughs> king as they say king. Uh, what about you oh you know yeah i like jibni hadra same thing with the uh, with richie but you know there's like this whole wives tale right like you have to eat zata before an exam or it helps you it yeah. makes you smarter yeah. do you do you ascribe to this uh to this myth um absolutely not because i'm i'm definitely not smarter <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's just big zata trying to like make money Oh yeah, Big Zatar is right? always on. The, is always trying to rip people off. Like you have to watch out for Big Zatar. Yeah, that that <laughs> you know their, their marketing is just you know you just can't trust them. Yeah. So, w what about what do you drink with? Are you like an Iran or an Asir Taza or like a just water or shy? Are you a shy with Manish person? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like hot with hot. No, I haven't tried that. I don't really drink while I'm eating, Alan, if you must know. This is really, see, this is what I was telling you. Like, do we really need to be discussing what beverage I eat with my Minayish? <laughs> well, no, because like, I mean, you said Zata. Nobody cares. No, 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 no. This is, there's a personality trait about this. Don't get it twisted. No, there's a care, okay? okay? Oh, okay. And there's an underrepresented group of people who are shy with the zatar and the dipping the the manish oh. in the thing and then having cuz zatar kind kind of dry, right? Kind of dry. Depends. Not, where, not my place. Mm -mm. Mine are nice and juicy and delicious. Yeah. No need for dipping in any kind of liquid. Um, yeah, I don't drink any liquid. I used to like Iran with uh, with a manushi, zatar manushi. That was really good. See, now the uh, fans of your podcast will know, and they can send you gifts of, you know, uh, of of your favorite zatar from your favorite place, and or yeah. a bunch of other things that we're going to discover. For example, okay. ask me what kind of shoes I like. Oh, that's a f <laughs> okay. Yeah, what, what kind of shoes? Crocs, right? We're gonna, we're gonna go with Crocs first. Yeah, of course. No, no, okay. On some real shit. All right, let's go into the world of fashion because your boy knows all about that. All right. So yeah, what are we going with? Flats, ballerinas. Are we doing okay. high heels? Six inches. How many inches is too many inches? Are we talking about shoes? Uh, I'll let you decide. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll have to say, and I'm not the only woman that feels like this, since COVID hit and we've been stuck at home, we've all become like, you know how you, when you try a pair of high heels, how you walk like a, like a moron? Now, all women, most women are having the same problem because we're so not used to wearing high heels anymore that you're like teetering on your shoes. So that's really sad because I was someone before this all happened who could wear high heels in pretty much any situation, including like, I don't know. Walking like, down Hamra Street. Oh yeah. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been with friends and they look at my shoes and they're like, mm, maybe you should take a taxi. And I'm like, I'm fine. So yeah, I love high heels. Um, 
but I'm, I've really adopted sneakers now. And, and also, I'll be honest, the situation in Lebanon now is so depressing. I don't want yeah. to be a Debbie Downer. But, um, hey, maybe don't be a Debbie Downer then. Yeah, well, I'm not a Debbie Downer. I'm a Stepford wife. Everything um, is great. So, yeah, wait a minute now. Uh, how do you feel about the cross between high heels and sneakers where they would have those high heel sneaker shoes? I've worn those before. Okay. I like things that don't make sense, and I like contrasting things. I like clothes that are partly feminine and partly masculine, and I do like shoes that are uh, that look sporty. And like, remember the Timberland boots with the heels? No. Remember them? But I mean, you, tell me about them. Well, they were Timberland boots, but okay. they had a heel, like high heels. <laughs> I don't know, like maybe 10 years ago. And um, That's like yeah, a Brooklyn totally thing. Cool. That's like a New York thing, you know? Yeah, totally cool. I love it. Where do you, okay, so like, for example, and this is, I mean, we're going down this, we're going to go hard. Because I'm someone, for example, who doesn't really do a lot of, um... Like, I don't buy my clothes throughout the year. I do, like, a yeah. bulk shop. I'll go to my favorite place, uh, you know, in, in, in Canada, Montreal. I'll go to, like, a, a, what do you call it, a thrift shop or, like, get yeah. some unique items uh, here and there. Or I'll go to, like, one store and I'll get everything the fuck that I want. And then I won't go shopping again for another five to ten years. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. That's great. I think the world is more going more in your direction now. Because I think, like, the kids I'm seeing, teenagers and young kids, they don't want to buy new clothes anymore. They only want to buy thrift clothes because they're sick and tired of seeing all this waste, this consumer society. And I think really, I don't know. I mean, this may change. There's That's happening on one hand. And I think then the rest of us, or adults, are also going the opposite way. Because when, this, when people start going out again, they're going to want to go all out and dress fancy and shop and you know, go the other extreme. So yeah. I'm not sure, but I do think a lot more people are thinking like you that like, let's just use what I have. I don't need to be buying all this clothes. It's just hard when you're bombarded and you know, women like beautiful things and uh, it's really hard to resist that idea of your amazing life. Once you acquire, you know, that beautiful pair of green shoes or that, you know, Thrift shopping, upcycling. Actually, I had a previous guest on the podcast uh, last month uh, by the name of Lesmeralda Vintage, uh, Lara Wehbi, actually. So she's actually got a, a store that is, um, yeah. you know, I guess you could say upcycling slash it's like a thrift shop. They have a vintage clothes, so like vintage Adidas, you know, like it's kind of kitschy in that sense, but yeah. it's definitely still it's all the kitsch, but without the hefty price she's still kind of like um conscious of what it is that's happening in lebanon right now in terms yeah. of people's salaries in terms of how people are, are are getting by and she's not like price gouging people so where is she located she's in beirut yeah so check out lesmerelda vintage uh or check I out the know. podcast with her some yeah, cool I, stuff I i'm it, by the way i saw it i saw the podcast yeah exactly so um you know that's a thing. I think that you're absolutely right, Nadia. A lot of people in Lebanon are going to be kind of, uh, whether they like it or not, really, yeah. you know, having to do that. And I, I really do hope that big brand stores like a, the fast fashion thing stops. 
I really do. Well, in Lebanon, I mean, it has by default, like H&M has closed, they're no longer here. And that's one of the brands, you know, that was supposed to appeal to the masses. Um, and just people just no longer can afford the prices because of the inflation and the devaluation of the currency here. Um, so by default, yeah, I think that you're, we're already seeing so many Instagram pages of people selling their old stuff. Um, even like people selling their Zara things that they've worn a few times. And so in some cases, because the devaluation has been so much, the used item is priced higher in Lebanese towns than it was originally at Zara because the value is, it's nothing now, you know, the, the mm. it's so sad. Um, so I don't think this country is a good example of what's happening globally. But I know in the U.S., for example, uh, thrift uh, platforms are really growing fast. And uh, and I really do think that's going to be a big market uh, in the next few years. I think about these things, you know, and I really do think that. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they like, um, you know, you'll see like clothes being sold by the metric ton. You know, like especially yeah. old stuff. It'll just be like a gigantic shipping container. Um, speaking of like, you know, lifestyle and brands and all that stuff, you were once upon a time the managing editor of Official Bespoke. Yeah. What like what was that whole experience like? And and you know, what have you taken away from that? So it wasn't that long ago. I, I, I left that position just over a year ago um, as the uh, shortly after the revolution started here and the economic crisis began. So I, I was there almost five years. Um, it was a great experience. I really got, to, you know, I had moved here to the Middle East from Canada and suddenly I was working with a pan-Arab luxury lifestyle magazine and getting to know um, the people working for all the big brands across the region in Dubai, um, uh, you know, luxury brands, international, global brands. Um, but more than that, I got um, to do a lot of amazing stuff. Um, we used to review luxury cars. So I would often go and be invited to media drives around the world in Germany. I was in Jordan. I was in, uh, where else did I go? I don't remember. So many places. mad places um, to drive. You know, it's like, you, can you please come for three days to uh, Dubai to drive the new Porsche or to Germany? I had oh, you poor thing. Yeah, <laughs> I had to do it. Um, hotel reviews, like you know, yeah. traveling. Uh, I went to the Maldives. I mean, I traveled. I did some really great stuff uh, when I was working with them. And not only that, so that's one aspect that was just a lot of fun. But. Um, I, I did. It was a great learning experience, also just as a professional. Um, to I, I had to. It's a uh, one of the magazines actually in the region where the content was um, really well put together, well researched, in depth. So it was really a great exercise for me to have to write that much for each issue mm. and practice my writing because I'm also a writer. Um, that really served me well, and I really developed my writing style and my. Um, my and it raised my level of expectation of what my writing should be and what i read also so it was great i mean it was a great experience i'm really grateful that i had the chance to do that yeah 
Well, I mean, I, again, all of these things are kind of spokes in the wheel, so to speak. You know, the fact that you are a writer, you know, I also I consider my time, you know, being on stage and being a songwriter has contributed to uh, making it comfortable, comfortable to be, you know, on 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 yeah. stage or on the spot, yeah. so to speak. Do you still get yeah. like, do you still get butterflies or like what kind of tips do you have for people to overcome stage fright or podcast fright so um well you know i pre-record my stuff so it's not as stressful um do i have any tips no i mean i think that um everyone gets nervous right and it's just like anything in life the more you do something the more you develop tools to cope with it and to overcome your fear and to optimize the result um I'm always trying to optimize the results. I always feel like I sound like an idiot. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What advice do you have for me? Well, I mean, uh, just keep on. Well, I mean, definitely. I think that you and the Hakawati Network have nailed um the audio production is great. The, uh, the condensed clips that you guys would do were awesome. That's something that I need to really, um, kind of, you know, pick up a lot you more mean the snippets that we put on Instagram and stuff. Pardon me. Yeah. 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 The, the condensed clips. We call them snippets, snippets, the snippets. <laughs> there you go. You know, um, and it's, I mean, in that regard, yeah. Um, it does take a lot of people. It's crazy how many tools there are now on the phone, how many different services, you know, uh, clubhouse, for example, is something yes. clubhouse clubhouse. Are you on it? Yes, you are. Okay. Well, that's good. So yeah, I am on it. But, um, and at first I was like, and I'd actually hosted one, I think just one event. Um, and I have friends who are doing great on it, like friends from Montreal actually. And I've considered doing it. It's just like, it's another thing that you have to pour your energy. Yeah, but in. you can't you can't look at it that way, right? Like, I mean, they're all it's all okay. Definitely it's something that you need to allocate time for, right? But I mean, like yeah. you'd be amazed what half an hour to an hour consistently every week, um, yeah. you know, that you just schedule it, right? Like I know, like I mean, you're a mom, okay? You you you're a hard working person, you're someone who uh like it's hard enough to find extra time, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but because it's like networking and uh, such a huge international audience, there's really no wrong time, so to speak. You know, uh, I've really been benefiting and ha even have met other guests on this podcast because of Clubhouse and because oh. of the. Yeah, because of the Let's uh, talk on Clubhouse next time. Well, sure. I mean, that would be, you know, <sighs> Once they, because it's still in beta, right? Like, I think that once, exactly, it's yeah. still in beta. It's not for, for Android. I think that once they open it up for Android and or it's something that can be on the computer, whatever, then I can incorporate both Instagram and Clubhouse at the same time. Yes, that um, would be much easier. Then you don't have to be, like, doing a million things like that, you know, you know. The thing is, with these kinds of things that we're doing, you know, you're not doing it uh, for salary, it's not like your job. You're doing it because you want to do it. So to, in order to get the results that will make it worth your while and satisfying, you know, you have to put a little bit of effort into it. And so if you're 
doing a little here, a little there, and you're not really giving everything your all, you're not going to get great results. It's kind of like you have to focus on one thing. So, it, well, maybe you disagree. Lower you know the what? ceiling. Lower your stand. Your The thing yeah. is, we all have, okay, we all have really crazy high standards for what it is that is, quote unquote, like, you know, acceptable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we kind of have to have a little bit of a moment of checking in with ourselves and being like, what am I capable of producing? It's great to have goals and ambitions, but you have to start somewhere. Right. So maybe give yourself some cut yourself some slack. Right. And not set the, the bar so high because otherwise you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Right. That's so a good point. You should be a motivational speaker. You sound like Gary V right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary V, uh, execute. It, don't don't delay. Just execute. It's like yeah. execute MVP, what? MVP. Yeah, I I, I kind of love and hate that guy all in the same time. I don't know about you, but it's just like you know, it's it, yeah. I mean, look, man. Uh, it's like the people who believe in the secret. I, I low-key believe in the secret, but I'm also like, hey, fuck you, dude. You have yeah. millions of dollars. Know you, yeah. you know? Did you read the book? It's a book, right? My my mom had read the book or the audio tapes or there's like a fucking DVD or something that, that came around. And I definitely drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak. But um, I don't apply secret? it. What's the secret? What is this? It, that's the thing, right? What What is the secret? Secret is just dream and envision yourself doing it. And it's just like, you know, it's like the world. It's like, you're, you know, like especially yeah. in Lebanon right now, it's like the house is on fire and you're just like, mm, house is not on fire. Ah, oh, feel so good right now, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, they're doing that, but their secret is like drugs. <laughs> Their secret? The, which, who's like secret? in Lebanon, people's secret like to feel good and like feel happy is drugs. I, I, I'm just joking, but I'm not joking. I've been hearing from my friends that like the level of uh, drug taking is like, uh, uh, like off, off the, what is the expression? Off the anyway. charts. Off the charts. Yeah. Charts. God, you know what? Shout out to the Captagon uh, producers of Lebanon, yeah. right? That's. No. No, we don't. No. We don't want to shove them out. The hard, you the hardworking, uh, Captagon producers. Right? Yeah, you know what happened in Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah, they don't want our fruit anymore. Yeah, that's so bad. Like poor farmers, like they need another kick in the ass. You know? Yes, I know, but I mean, at the same time, um, you know, you got to think about the Captagon farmers too, right? Like every. I don't even know what Captagon is. As far as I'm concerned, it's. Something that was in the Superman movie. Captagon. No, that was... Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. What is yeah, it? Superman is, is... It's Kryptonite. Oh, Kryptonite. 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 Yeah. Whatever. You know. It sounds bad. It sounds like bad news. Either way. Oh, it's definitely bad news. But yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe don't knock it till you try it, right? It could be the, the answer, you know? Could maybe. be. How do you feel about Lebanon, for example, uh, resorting to, uh, you know, medical marijuana and getting into the into? Oh, the I actually did an episode with that with someone at the university who did a report um, on that for the government. And they ended up using that report. And I think they approved it. Uh, and I think it is approved for medical uh, use. Um, listen, I think that... Uh, 
I think that if alcohol is legal, I don't see why marijuana is not. I or Captagon. Well, Captagon is the less of a, it's more, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure what Captagon is and what the side effects, how dangerous it is. I think that marijuana is certainly not a lot more dangerous than alcohol. And I think that once you make it a black market, then it becomes more dangerous. And that's certainly the case here. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I think why not? Put I some pep legal for, for use, period. Not yeah. medical. Put some pep in your step, guys. Put some pep in your step. Um Nadia, I gotta tell you, this has been uh this has been super fun. And I, I'd like to actually know who you think or who you would recommend that I interview next, because you know, like this is the this is the ongoing thing, right? We're we're connecting one another. We're we're trying yeah. to recommend one another to each other. Uh, you know, I, I I told you to interview the the folks from Wake Island. So who do you think I should interview on the podcast next? Well, what's what's your podcast about? Well, I mean, you know, it's kind of celebrating and promoting arts and culture from the Swana region with the West and the, with the rest of the world. So, you know, if you're if you're a, a podcaster, I'm going to talk about what you're doing and the things that you're doing and celebrate you and, and bring you to the rest of my contacts and networks uh, just online or whatever. Right. So um, I, I try to like kind of just put it all together with arts and culture because that's to me what I gravitate towards. I think you should interview someone who owns a cool nightclub or a bar concept here in Lebanon and who's exporting it because you know, as you know, Beirut is like the hub for creativity and for great ideas. And so, so many of the places that have closed down here are now open in Dubai. So they try to reproduce. I think like they have a place like called Capital, which was, I think they opened one or Sky Bar. Anyways, they Ooh, tried to you've just opened a bag of worms, Nadia. And Richie, don't worry, dude. You're you're scheduled in for for an interview. Okay, bye. Uh, I know you got to go. Uh, you know. That's another person who you should have on your podcast, Nadia. There's this dude named Richard John. Not his real name, but we're going to go with it, okay? Kind of sus, a little sus, but he is a, um, you know, a super talented photographer and someone who is like, um, you know, trying to do a epic journey on a motorcycle, riding his motorcycle from Beirut to Berlin, and spreading what? awareness, yeah, and spreading awareness about mental health, and uh, you know, that's really cool, yeah, yeah. He's also trying to kill himself in the process. That's what I think. Uh, I mean, like, you know, dangerous. It's kind of dangerous, a little bit dangerous. But he he likes to live on the edge. And I wish I could pull up the tune that I just played, but I am not going to be able to. But uh, I'm definitely going to be having him on the on the podcast down the road. But um, yeah. Cool. Thanks for the heads up. But yeah, you opened a bag of worms, man. And like, is the the thing you talked about just just? I mean, I can't let this go because it's it's very now, and it's a, it's a conversation that's been going on on Clubhouse. Uh, I've had other lives where I've been talking about this, and that is, you know, nightlife is a big part of Lebanon. There has been a lot of controversy lately with regards to the Grand Factory people uh, calling for donations for their establishment 
to kind of get back on its feet. And I mean, you know, many a great night have been spent there. Many a great people and, and, uh, DJs, artists, designers, whomever, all contribute, bartenders. What? There's a huge family that have been put out of work for a very long time, okay? And they have received a lot of backlash calling for donations, not from Lebanese, but from the diaspora outside of Lebanon. Sure. Okay. Why backlash? Why backlash? Why is it bad to ask for donations? Right. Everyone's doing it. Exactly. Everybody is doing it. But at the same time, you know, there is this kind of argument that the general public slash social media are making. Okay. I could give a shit. I, I like parties. People have been going. Okay. Let, here's the other thing. Okay. I don't know if you knew this. Rich people have been going and dancing at nightclubs and poverty and death have been existing since way before all of this shit happened. Okay, that's number yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I remember uh, I was actually watching Chris Jor perform at uh, whatever the fuck. It was on the night, on the night of Thauda, like the October 17th or something. It was like the, the day of the, uh, of the revolution yeah. first kicking off. And, you yeah. know, there were people on a rooftop just you know having bottle service and whatever while there's like you know clashes and fires spreading around the city you know so what i'm trying to say is is that like people have been partying and ignore whether it was like back in 2006 right when the israelis had hit and basement and brumana and lebanon was like and the party continues right yeah yeah so i get that but at the same time now that things are different the P, the general consensus, at least for for a little bit, was like, "Hey, maybe don't, hey, maybe don't do that now." Though I see what you mean, like don't raise money for parties. Like that's a mis mis uh, allocated funds that should be allocated to things that are more important, like food and like shelter and the basics that people are suffering. Yeah, I mean, listen. I, I don't think that the, that that's taking away from the people that would give money for that otherwise. So I don't I don't know. I don't know what to say. I think whether or not they raise funds, people are going to find a way to party no matter what. And as you said, it's been going on not just in Lebanon, but probably since the dawn of time. People need to feel, uh, you know, free and they need to uh, uh, unburden themselves from the heaviness of their realities. And uh, partying is always going to be there. No matter what. Yeah. And those, uh, like, I guess you could say spokes of society or at least spokes of Lebanon, you know, the, um, that ability to kind of, uh, dance yourself clean as they say, or, you know, that ability to kind of just escape from the, you know, the, the daily trials and tribulations of living in Lebanon, you know, like when you remove that outlet for people, it's kind of crazy. And I, I, I'm interested to know actually how the landscape is going to be after Ramadan is over, Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. I'm sad about it because it's, it's one of the great things about Lebanon. People love to have fun and go out and it's really sad you know, we have COVID, but then we have all these other factors. A lot of places have closed. People are leaving. I can't tell you how many people I know now have left. Like, it's just, there are just a few crumbs left. Um, so I'm coming back. 
it's sad to see, but I know I know that that there will always be like that. That's a foundation here, and I think places where you have like misery and um, challenges like this, actually people are more drawn to find these outlets and these escapes. And Beirut just has this part, this in their culture. So I don't think it'll ever die. Mm. Well said, Nadia. Have you have you um, have you been tempted and or considered like you know leaving the city and going somewhere else? Either I'm gonna plead, I'm gonna plead the fifth. Gonna... I'm not tempted. I'm not tempted. Nothing is tempting me to leave. I'm more of like being like squeezed out, like rejected from the place where I want to hold on to dear life. I love yeah. it here. I really don't ever want to leave. But the truth is that it's just becoming so unlivable that nobody hasn't thought of leaving. Yeah, I mean, for kids growing up, it's just no longer feasible. Um, the prices of things the, the banking situation we don't feel like we're citizen global citizens anymore you can't use your credit card mm. to buy something from the outside you can't use the money that you earned over hard-earned money that you've been saving in the bank accounts here um if you wanted to buy a car forget it like you're no longer mm. a, a a normal citizen in, in a functioning by any stretch of the imagination and a functioning economy so i'm afraid that uh, most people are going to leave most people that can definitely are going to leave because it's yeah. just because it's just getting worse and there's just no light at the end of the tunnel. It's really sad to say. There's light at the end of the tunnel. The vaccine's going to roll out and and uh, you know the the, like the, the vaccine's going to roll out and the clubs are going to be full again and and uh, okay, okay. yalla and and optimistic. yeah, got to be optimistic. <laughs> okay. You know. There's uh, light at the end of a tunnel. There is light. Yeah. And there's hard, a hard to see. Hey, there's a tunnel. There's a tunnel. There, there's a tunnel. Right? <laughs> there is a tunnel. Whether yeah. there is light doesn't really matter. So long as there's a tunnel, we're fine. Exactly. Right? It's only, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nadia, uh, you have been wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I hope you do more of them, okay? I hope yes, you I'm do more of them it. because you're gorgeous. You have a face. You're uh, you got internet, and uh, and 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 now I know how it all works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm no, I'm joking. Right, yeah, Nadia. thank you so much for having me and for inviting me. I feel uh, honored and uh, hashtag blessed. I love, I love you're doing i see that you're really giving it your all you're fully in so best of luck with everything alan salam alaikum <laughs> take care nadia there it goes there it goes and that concludes today's episode of only here for the wi-fi as per usual guys I want to thank you all for tuning in and watching this uh, this uh, dumpster fire of a podcast on the <laughs> on Instagram, aka a Gramcast. Uh, shout out to Gina. Shout out to Hakawati, Kareem, uh, my guy. I'm trying to get him on the show, but he just won't answer the phone. And uh, yeah, so. Um, Next week, we're going to be having more cool, cool guests doing cool stuff. But uh, until then, like, share, comment, contribute, whatever. And uh, we'll see you next time, guys. I love you all sexually from the bottom of my heart. <laughs>